Welcome to From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week we talk the Browns leaving the season on a high note, the Cavs' long road trip, the NFL playoffs, and new music by the weekend. I'm joined tonight by two of the best ever co-host. Phil Danko is here. Hi, Gerbs. I, I kind of feel like I've signed into the wrong uh, podcast here. Nope, <laughs> nope. Is, you're in the right awesome. place, Phil. I'm excited, right and uh, thanks for having me, as always. Director of Craft Services, Chuck Rambaldo. Is oh, here man, well. that's a pretty good title. Hi. <laughs> Phil, let's start with you. Mm-hmm. New research suggests that most of the well-known cures for a hangover are not supported by any solid science. The recent studies looked at a variety of hangover cures, including clove extract, red ginseng, and Korean pear juice, none of which had any measurable results. In the end, the scientists say the surest way of preventing hangover symptoms is to abstain from alcohol. Boo. (laughs) Danko, you're a doctor. This is bogus, right? We should keep drinking Korean pear juice. Yeah, or or any other potential uh, hangover cure that we've stumbled upon in our in our drinking careers right like i think i think excedrin perhaps a gatorade a slightly less alcoholic beverage that next day does just fine <laughs> i don't need science to tell me <laughs> to, to, that it that it won't work or i should ab- abstain from drinking at all together that's terrible uh, i do love that part of the solution for hangovers just drink more <laughs> well I, I feel like we've tested that theory at, oh. over time right oh no that one works yeah that one works All right, well, fellas, let's start the show, move into our first segment. We're still calling it the at-home segment, and we'll start with our Cleveland Browns. The Browns played the Bengals today in the first preseason game of the 2022 season. (laughs) (laughs) Browns won. They finished the year eight and nine, last in the North, but still first in our hearts. Chuck, scale of one to five, one being your high school grades, five being remembering your mom's birthday. How important was this game? That's a shitty scale, man. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. The scales have not improved um, in the rebrand. Well, what are you talking about? Your yeah. high school grades are of absolutely no importance at this point in your life. And remembering your mom's birthday is super duper important. That's a perfect scale. All right. Now I understand it. You're right. You don't want to forget your mom's birthday. It's a three because it was important, I guess, for the fans, for the team, for a bunch of question marks uh, to somewhat be answered today. And it always feels nice ending on a win. I'm not one of those people who thought a loss would improve our draft status. I don't, I don't care about that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I, are we going to move from like 12 <laughs> to 11? Right. <laughs> I, I don't like that. We, we had that mentality for 20 years almost. So I'm more than happy finishing the season on somewhat of a high. I mean, it's not the highest note, but uh, it's a high enough note. So I'll give it a three. Phil, here are your options. Oh, do you think we're about to see a quarterback controversy in Cincinnati between Joe Burrow and Brandon Allen or the Browns were two and zero against the Bengals this year? Do you think we are in their heads for next season or should the Browns consider practicing how they receive onside kicks or did you see anything <laughs> different with Baker on the bench? Answer any of those, the scale, do whatever you want, Phil. Wow, that's a lot. So I think that at least two of the four options you gave me are are true in that we should definitely, the Browns, I mean, should definitely practice fielding onside kicks more. The onside kick is almost an impossibility in, right. in the new kicking rules right. in the NFL. And we and almost Browns, lost, what, two yeah, in three weeks? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, let's uh, let's practice that a bit in OTAs and, and mini camp next year. And then the other one that I think may be true and 
time will tell is I think we're in the Bengals heads. Uh, they can't beat us with their new shiny stud quarterback. They're over. They just cannot beat the Browns. Um, and I hope that continues forever. So Chucky, the only question I really wanted answered out of that mess was, did you see anything different from the Browns offense with Baker on the bench? I saw very early. Hey, look at these quick passes. Hey, look at these short yeah. routes. Hey, look at these backs out of the backfield catching passes. Where the fuck was that the past month plus for Baker Mayfield? So maybe I'm buying into Phil's conspiracy last week. That really wasn't a conspiracy. It seemed like Stefanski, Van Pelt, whoever, they came up with a game plan that would highlight uh, Keenum's strengths, which are short pass. He's not going to throw the ball 40 yards in the air, or 50 yards in the air, get the ball out of his hands quickly. And it sure looked like that happened. And I, I mean, some of the plays, I was like, man, it's week 20 or 25 or whatever week it is. And there's still some new wrinkles in some of these plays, which I really would have loved to have seen earlier in the season. Maybe that's the takeaway I, I saw today was like, man, at least in that first half, some of those play calling was like, oh, great design. I wish I would have saw that a month ago. Phil, what about you? I agree 100%. The way they called the game, we talked about this last week, and I think the week before that, and maybe the week before that. <laughs> One of the problems we had is how the game was called. The way the game was called today I was thinking the same thing. Like, all right, I saw some things in Case Keenum that solidified in my mind why he's the backup. You know, okay, like he's a backup quarterback. He's serviceable. He can't put the ball on a wide receiver on any pass over 20 yards. And not that Baker had a stellar year doing that either, but typically Baker is is accurate at those passes. But the way the game was called, I wanted to see that game plan with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Yeah where it didn't matter if we were handing the ball off to Nick Chubb or Dearness Johnson, if we were throwing the ball to Landry on a three yard, you know, put, put him in a position to gain 10 yards after the catch, whatever. Like it, it just seemed like a good game plan. So again, maybe I'll fall back to what I said last week. And, you know, maybe this is the coaching staff growing as well. Let's hope that's the positive that comes out of this Stefanski understanding what he has on this team. And that's going to change obviously in the off season going into the next year too, but how to use it and how to game plan, no matter who's taking the snaps. The only real issue I had with the play calling all day was that Nick Chubb was barely playing. I just don't get it. Unless it's the idea is that we just don't want to risk a serious injury because this game doesn't mean anything. Were you surprised to see him again in the second half? I thought I thought after he was done in the first quarter, he was just done for the season. Right. That, that's kind of what I thought too. But even then I was thinking, why have him in the first quarter? I mean, what's the yeah. what's the point? If you're worried about him getting hurt, don't play him at all. Like it doesn't make any sense to play him for just the first quarter. I mean, he was back some in the second half, but barely. I mean, the the entire fourth quarter was Dearness Johnson. He came out for a series in the third quarter and yeah. completely wrecked the Bengals defense. Yeah. And I was surprised. I thought, okay, he I, and I don't know. I, I I was thinking about this at the time. Uh, Nick Chubb played in the first quarter, and some of these other guys that played today, and we can get into this if, if we want in terms of what marquee players actually played today. I wonder if contractually there were some bonuses potentially. Could be. Could based be something on, like that, yeah. You know, based on anything, right? Plays, games started, games played in, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't want to – We'll never know because that's not going to be released to the to the public. So that might have a little bit, but that's why it surprised me to see Nick Chubb back in the third quarter because I thought, well, all right, he played, he started the game. That must have been some sort of bonus. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Still, it just didn't seem like there was ever a, a major part of the game plan to use him, which I is frustratingly similar to a lot of other games this year. 
I don't know. I think I saw a lot of the same issues that we tend to blame on Baker when the offense isn't doing well. I think we saw some of those still today with Keenum out there. And, you know, here's the things you can't blame Baker anymore for those things. If he's not out there playing, I do think Phil, that when we get to maybe next week or week after something like that, when we do our final recap of the Brown season, I think we're going to talk a lot about the development of our coaches as well as the development of our quarterback and and some of our other other players out there. Phil, do you think there's anything that you can take away from this game and carry into next season? A couple things. I I think you got to see on both sides of the ball potentially some some steps forward by younger players even if they just add depth, right? So we've been talking about Dearness Johnson every time he gets meaningful minutes the dude rushes for over 100 yards yeah, yeah. You know, he's a yeah. he's a good running back so I gotta think that the Browns keep at least three guys in the running back room right so Johnson Hunt and Chubb so that, that's great for depth because that's a position that just gets beat up anyway yeah and then on the defensive side of the ball undrafted AJ Green stepped up today like he's a good young defensive back that has kind of a chip on his shoulder because he wasn't drafted he came out of a I think he came out of a power five team. I, I can't remember where he played in college, but anyway, he played meaningful minutes and was good. And again, in our defensive backfield, if it's been proven over the last couple of years, we need all the depth we can get, be it from, you know, a guy like Stewart or, or, or green or those guys. So I think that was good to see. I got to think that just leaving the season with a win helps the locker room in, in so many ways that we can't even really understand at this stage. Chucky, what about you? Anything you take away from, this game, the physicality of that secondary again. Yeah, MJ today. Stewart's going to kill somebody, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like, awesome. <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, when's the last time? Not even the Brown. Like a safety played that hard. Some of those hits he made. Yeah. Like I was like, oh shit. You know, like I, I actually, it's the first time all season I've paused and rewound my TV to watch some hits. A, a secondary that that I thought and was pretty vocal about being pretty soft early in the year uh, really toughened up as the season went on. Uh, and the physicality was outstanding for me today to see some big hits. And it, it, this week, especially, uh, season means nothing at this point. Yep. Uh, these guys are playing for what? Pride? Probably not when you're making that much money. So to, to see how physical they were today, I, I hope that carries over into next year. And, and we'll probably get into this in, in the coming weeks. Uh, maybe this team, it's the defense that carries it in the future and not the offense like we thought it would be for the last two years. Especially on the defensive side, what I took away from this is that these guys were still playing hard. Stefanski has not lost that locker room by any stretch because he he's going to go in there and tell these guys, play hard, play hard. You want to win this game. You want to beat the division champs twice, all that stuff. The players aren't buying in. They're not going to be playing hard, and you can get some ugly, sloppy games like we saw in other games today in the NFL that just didn't happen. And they were, especially on the defensive side, they were really, really good. And it helps that Burrow wasn't playing and Jamar Chase only played, you know, the first half of the first quarter and they're missing some of their stars, but you know what? They still went out there and they were hitting and they were playing hard. And I think that's something positive to take from the final game of what is a very disappointing season. How about some game balls, Chucky on offense? Probably Dearness Johnson. I don't, like Phil said, the guy maximizes his minutes. Anytime he's on the field, he does great. So I would probably give him the game ball, but I'm also might lean Landry because he had a nice stat line today. And this may be his swan song in Cleveland. So it was nice to see him get in the end zone and be a very reliable receiver. Phil, how about you? Game ball on offense. 
I had the same two guys, actually. Uh, Dearness for 123 yards of rushing and a touchdown. And then Landry, you know, great stat line. He had a touchdown, 75 yards of receiving. And it seemed in the first half anyway, they were running a lot of plays to get Landry the ball. And again, it's one of those things you, you think like, all right, where was this in weeks one through 17? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and he, he's yeah. had a rough year, though. He was he's been banged up. This is the first year that he's missed this kind of time in his career until this year. He was that all right, he's out there every day yep. kind of receiver. Yep. And I was thinking the same thing. This might be the last time we see him in a Browns uniform. Uh, I can't imagine the team pays him the option that he's due for next year. If he's willing to restructure, great. I, I don't know. I felt bad as the game was going on thinking that this could be Landry's last day yeah. as a Brown because I think he probably means more to that team behind closed doors than even he does on the field. So I think game ball, yeah. Dearness Johnson and Jarvis Landry, let's give them two on the offense. I had Dearness Johnson, but you make good points on Landry. How about on defense, Phil? On defense, I'm going to give one to Jacob Phillips, another young linebacker, right? He was hurt. Uh, he's come back from injury. He led the team in tackles today. I think he had nine tackles and a sack. Again, he was all over the field. Uh, JOK, unfortunately, went out with an injury. I, I haven't heard to what extent, but with Walker, JOK and Jacob Phillips. That's a fast all of a sudden, court. right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Remember when we were worried at the beginning yeah. of the year about the linebackers? No. They over the course of the season, they have really, really played well. Chucky, how about you? Game ball on the defense. I'm probably going to give it to MJ Stewart and maybe the entire secondary sans Greg Newsom, who I gave more game balls than anybody this year, because it <laughs> seemed like when they were completing passes, they were targeting him. And that might be the first time in a long time that I thought he's not having the best game. So uh, I'm going to say the secondary gets it but not him. He can work on that for next year. Maybe, maybe I was too good to him all year long. I don't know. Don't get a big head. I'm going to give mine to Clowney. Uh, another guy who maybe we saw play his last game for the Browns. And I know he was only here for a year, but I think he certainly exceeded expectations with the way he played. I think he played in like 16 games or 15. Mm -hmm. I mean, he played in almost every game. And for a guy who's had injury issues in his career, that was great. But he was all over the field again today and has really, really played well, especially down the stretch. So my game ball goes to Clowney next week. The Browns won't be playing. So pack up your Browns gear, get it ready for next fall. Uh, let's move on to our sip of wine and gold. Cavs having a good, maybe great week. They gave Memphis all they could handle on Tuesday night. They got a road win in Portland against a really shorthanded Portland team. I think they're missing like three starters because of COVID. Cavs are closing out the week right now against the Warriors. Uh, they're down by four in the second quarter. Warriors were favored by eight tonight. Well, that's cutty, right? Come on. <laughs> we talked about this before we started. I, that, that seems like a lot to me, but Kevin Love just hit a three. 27-26 Warriors. Come on, Cavs. Denko, is there enough defense on the floor right now for the Cavs to pull off an upset tonight? Yeah, I think if they do pull off an upset tonight, it is going to be because of the Cavs' defensive play, and, and we've been saying that all season. They, they have been playing with – an intensity on the defensive side of the court that we haven't seen in the regular season in Cleveland in quite some time. And I think quite honestly, it's probably pissing off some of the other teams in the NBA. So maybe that leads to a, uh, a victory tonight. If we can defend the golden state warriors perimeter shooting all night. Chucky, what do you think? Cavs get an upset here. I think it'd be great to rule ruin clay Thompson's uh, return after 900 plus days. But speaking of cunts, I hate that guy. <laughs> Um, and of course, of course, they would 
try to get in our Cavaliers head by making him debut against them, even though the next meaningful game they play will be in the finals against right. the Cavs, as right, I've been right. saying. Right. So it'd be, it'd be great to go out there and take one from them. But I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if they, they can squeak one out. But I do love what Phil said, that they're kind of bucking the system where the regular season means an awful lot to this team defensively, where most teams don't start playing defense. Uh, and even if they do, yeah. um, not really until the playoffs. Until May. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think we got a shot, man. They're playing them really tough right now. Uh, so we'll see if they can keep this up for the whole game. And, you know, as long as they can stick with the defense and the shooting stays hot. Well, that wasn't very good. Uh, they should be all right. <laughs> they got a shot. They got a shot tonight. Maybe the longest tenured member of the team, Kevin Love. We've talked about him a few different times. He's averaging 14 and a half points and seven and a half rebounds a game. Chucky, do you think those numbers accurately reflect what that guy is doing for this team right now? I don't. It's weird because I don't know if we've ever seen an athlete in Cleveland who was a hero for staying and then an asshole for staying. Yeah. And it's now a hero for staying <laughs> in three years. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like you're, become, you're a hero and a villain and then a hero again. Um, yeah. Love that he's embraced his role kind of as a six man off the bench. He's shooting well. He's playing great. Like he's double doubling most nights when he's on when he's on the floor. But maybe we underestimated how good of a leader this guy can be with the experience he's had, especially in this city uh, with this team and this franchise. So I think because we all turned on him, we were undervaluing Kevin Love's contributions to this organization in more ways than one. Phil, what do you think? And along with that, how scared are you about him being able to stay healthy for an entire season? I'm not scared. I wouldn't be surprised if he got hurt. He's, I think he's our <laughs> age, isn't he? But uh, um, no, I, you know what? I, uh, I love me some Kevin Love. Let's put it that way. I think uh, I haven't used that one in a while. I think Kevin Love, and maybe this was just as, a much a surprise to him as it was to us. I think he's been re-energized by this young team yeah. that is outperforming expectations already and, and hit kind of the fast forward button on, Hey, wait a minute. We're kind of a, we're certainly a playoff team and maybe we're a contender and it is re-energized Kevin love his leadership on the floor is evident. And you know what? He, he, I'm watching the game right now, so I'm yeah. distracted. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, uh, me too. I'm not listening to anything. He's got saying. a board. Right, right. He is that guy that maybe that helps to your injury question. The fact that he is coming off the bench and he's not logging the minutes that he did as a starter and he's out there. He could score if we need him to score. He's a great passer. He's always been a great yeah. passer. Yep. Kevin Love on this team is important. I'd hate to see. I know some people in our text group, no names, please are advocating to trade him now at the height of his performance. I don't think we should do that. I think the Cavs need this Kevin Love oh, on no, this team. Yeah, you can't. To no. make a run at it this year. Absolutely. They've had too many guys get hurt. They've got no scoring off the bench. Not no scoring, but the, the scoring is limited off the bench if he's not on the team. So, I, no, I, you can't get I rid think, of him. I think Rondo and Kevin Love might turn into a pretty good combo off the bench as this season goes on, too. Yeah, I mean, I think Rondo slips in and hopefully fills the same kind of role that Rubio did with, I think with a little bit less scoring, I don't think Rondo's ever been the scorer that Rubio is, but you know, so far so good with, with Rondo. He played well against Portland and getting some minutes tonight and we'll see next week. The long road trip continues with games tomorrow night against Sacramento in Utah on Wednesday in San Antonio on Friday and in Oklahoma city on Saturday. Think of all the underwear you need for a trip like this. Like, my gosh, man. Like, how much do these guys have to pack? Chucky, of those games, which one are you most looking forward to staying up and watching? Maybe the San Antonio one, because it probably won't be as late as uh, 
some of the other games, but I'm going to watch bits and pieces of all of them because I have to. You've assigned yeah. me to do this, and I take my assignment <laughs> yeah. seriously. Excellent. I appreciate it. Phil, how about you? Which of those games seems like the most fun? I'm interested to see how they do against a team like Utah. I think Utah is one of the better teams uh, in the association currently, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, this we, we mentioned this a couple weeks ago, this six-game or whatever it is, six-game road trip. If they get two or three wins in that four that you just mentioned, that's pretty good. And yeah. I, you know, it's, it's the travel. That's the, the tough part. Cause I think other than I could be wrong here, other than Utah, I don't think any of the other three teams you mentioned are very good. No, again, you're not going to win all of them. Right. But you get two of those. Um, yeah. That'd be, that'd be good for this yeah. week. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting week, man. This team actually plays really well on the road. They might just be young enough to be dumb enough that they don't know that these are supposed <laughs> to be really hard games right. to win. So we'll see. I'm, um, I want to see him pull this one out tonight, man. I'm, I'm excited for this game against the Warriors. I hope they get a win. But, fellas, with that, why don't we take our first break? We'll come back. We'll head out on the road. Fellas, welcome back to our second segment. We'll head out on the road, and we'll start with the NFL playoffs, which are, you know, pretty much set after 17 weeks of football. <laughs> Crazy final day in the NFL regular season. Man. Did Carson Wentz want to go on a vacation? Man, do I hate the Steelers. Man, do the Patriots suck at playing the Dolphins. Man, the Saints almost made the playoffs without a real quarterback. What a day. We'll start with the AFC playoffs. We don't know, but we know where these games are going to be and who's going to be in them, I think, for the most part. Uh, next week, the Titans will have a bye. They clinch the number one seed. Kansas City is the two seed. So unless the Chargers and the Raiders tie tonight, uh, and I don't have the game on anywhere because I'm watching the Cavs game. I don't know if somebody can tell us what the score is. And the, the Chargers, Chargers are up. I think it's 14-10 Chargers right now. Unless they tie. Kansas City is going to, going to play the Steelers next week in Kansas City. The Bills will host the winner of the Chargers and Raiders game, and the Bengals will host the Patriots. So Kansas City against the Steelers. Chucky, who you got? Kansas City. Uh, talk about a team that righted the ship after having many question marks early in the year. Yeah, I might have said yeah, this. The they were done in week five. I believe, I believe, yeah. I, you said my Super Bowl pick was done. I guess if you're playing any of these teams in the playoffs, the Steelers are the most favorable matchup. The offensively, meh. Uh, defensively, supposed to be able to run against them. We wouldn't know that as right. fans, <laughs> but you know. So Kansas City, I think they're they're making a deep run as they have the past three, four years. Yeah, Kansas City wins that game by three scores. Oh, wow. All right. Um, I'm going to take KC, but uh, I don't know if it'll be by three scores because somehow the Steelers just keep winning games and God, do I hate them. <laughs> Bengals against the Patriots. Phil? Poor, poor Bengals. I think uh, they will not break their, we haven't won a playoff game since 1990 streak uh, and break out the icky shuffle again. The Patriots on the road in the playoffs beat the Bengals. I think it's an exciting matchup that I'll try to, to watch without hating on a division rival but we'll see uh the Bengals are an extremely young team who might not know they shouldn't beat up on a dynasty team here and i think there's no better quarterback at least hot streak wise yardage wise going into the playoffs and joe burrow the guy's thrown from over 900 yards in the last two games and he, he probably would have got over 1200 to 13 if he would have played against the browns today yeah. so I, I think even though the patriots defense is 
phenomenal and bill belichick always finds a way to take away your your biggest asset usually i still think the Bengals have a lot of firepower that we might not be giving them credit for because the browns uh, defeated them uh, both times this season but i think the Bengals kind of squeaked that one out i don't think it's going to be a shootout or anything like that i just think they win i'm with chucky i think the Bengals are going to win this game i'm frightened by what i saw when the Bengals played kansas city and there was no answer whatsoever for burrow to chase I mean, just throw it up wherever he is. He's going to come down and make the play and run it for a touchdown. Uh, I don't know if the Patriots are going to be able to stop that. Now, it is exactly the thing that Belichick does. He stops that one thing that you do great. Uh, I kind of like the Bengals in that spot, especially because they're playing at home. Chuck, Bills versus Raiders. Who you got? Bills at home. Weather, I think here, at least in Erie, we're looking at 20 degree temperatures all this week in snow, which means it'll be more of the same up there. And any team that's used to playing in a uh, beautiful dome or in warm climate, Probably doesn't do all that well in Buffalo, uh, a great, sick football town uh, in the playoffs. And the, the Bills seem to have righted that ship where they their running back has become more involved in the game. Uh, and Josh Allen, again, can, can beat you not only with his arm, but, but with his legs if he has to. So I think Buffalo, who should have a deeper playoff run, beats whoever is coming into Ralph J. Is it Ralph Wilson Stadium? Maybe. I don't Could know. Be. It's like an hour and 15 minutes from here. So it's an hour <laughs> and 15 minutes away stadium. They're going to win. Phil? Bills versus Raiders. Yeah, I'm going to take Buffalo in that game as well. For the Raiders, I like Derek Carr as a quarterback. I think he's playing well. He's a good leader. Um, but again, I think going into Buffalo in the middle of January is going to be a problem for the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, I think, as we had mentioned, I think the Bills have righted the ship here toward the end of the season, and they're playing better football now. And I, I saw that Diggs sported some Betty White cleats this weekend yeah. uh, in honor to all Betty right. White. So I'm like, all right. they probably have, you know, the Browns aren't in the playoffs. So our neck of the woods and Betty White leading that, that cheer from, from above. I'm going with Buffalo. Yeah. I think Buffalo is going to take this. I think it's really hard to come into their place and play in the playoffs uh, and get a win, especially considering what those conditions are going to be. So I've got the bills as well. NFC. We already know what the, the playoff games are for this. The NFC was set after the late games this afternoon. Uh, Packers get a bye as the as the one seed. Eagles will travel down to Tampa Bay to play the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Phil, who you got, Eagles or Bucks? I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. I have a hard time picking against TB12. The Eagles have been playing pretty well. Like Jalen Hurts, I think he sat out today, uh, but he's been playing pretty well of late. He's an interesting quarterback because he doesn't, he doesn't light it up from the passing game perspective, but he's responsible for like four to five touchdowns a game <laughs> in yeah. one way or another. So he's an interesting uh, quarterback for the Eagles, but I, I, you know, going down to Tampa Bay against Brady and those guys, I, I think the Eagles are one and done this year. It's a tough call uh, and it shouldn't be only because it seems like every weapon that Tom Brady, who should be retired by the way. Uh, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He, he only uh, became the second quarterback ever to throw for uh two 5,000 right. yard seasons or something yeah. like that. <laughs> or maybe uh, the first to do it. Everyone is hurt except Rob Gronkowski. I'm not sure who's back or, or who's playing, but I still think Phil kind of hit it on that. There are some limitations to that Eagle offense. Jalen hurts is like a poor man's Kyle Murphy. Uh, or, or Murray, he's always involved somehow in scoring. Poor man's Kyle Murphy. <laughs> did I say, well, yeah, who's Kyle Murphy? He must be Irish Irish, is that? An Irish bartender. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in Philly. Apologies. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I still think the, the Buccaneers find a way to win, even though uh, this season hasn't been all that great for them. I think I'm going to go the other way. I think the Eagles can Ooh. go in there and, and get an upset. I think you're right that a lot of the weapons on offense aren't there. 
And you know what the thing is, is a lot of their good defensive players got hurt this year too. Uh, and that defense isn't the same. And the Eagles are, they're one of those unique teams, right? They run the ball way more than everybody else does. And so they're tougher to prepare for. Uh, and maybe that gives them um, an advantage. Uh, the Bucks are going down. Next game, 49ers will be down in Jerry World to play the Cowboys. Chucky, who you got? I think this may be the best game of the weekend, at least looking at it right now. The Niners, uh, a team that we were like, ooh, what the f*** happened to right. them this year? Yeah. Have- have gotten they came back you know, like, right yeah not not that jimmy g is um the greatest quarterback but i'll tell you what i don't know how much you guys have seen debo play but this guy is an anomaly uh yeah. either as a wide receiver or a running back and kittle is, a, is a, a great tight end their defense is good but dallas has been quietly having other than you i think defending them all year long dallas has had a really good year other than maybe some clock management issues and that's yeah. mike mccarthy's fat ass but I, I think it's going to be a great game. That's the I don't game think you I'm need to fat most... shame him. Just make what? fun of him Sorry. for being bad at his job. He's bad at his job. And the fat's getting in the way of it. Um, wow. A game that I'm most excited to watch. And because it's in Dallas, maybe I give them the slight edge because Dak Prescott's had another great year. They have a ton of weapons in their defense uh, this year. Kind of gelled really well with uh, Mika Parsons and yeah. whoever the guy is with um, more touchdowns than any Browns wide receiver uh, from interceptions this year. So I think Dallas wins that game, but I think it'll be closer than people think. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I think it's going to be a good game. I, I I've been on Debo all year. I've been giving him orange slices in our worst right. fantasy yeah. football yeah. league ever. Uh, every every week it seems. I watched the Cowboys play last night because it was the only game on, and I got to tell you, Matt, Dak Prescott is a really good quarterback. He's got weapons all around him. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they, I, the Cowboys have a great line. They've got a good running back in Zeke and and three really good wide receivers too. So I, I feel like that offense, this sounds weird because, I mean, they ended up, what was their final record? Didn't they have like 12 wins, I think? It almost seems like they haven't reached their potential yet, yeah. <laughs> which is a yeah. weird thing to yeah. say going 12 and five. But I, I think in Dallas, they get the win, but I think San Francisco keeps it a close game. Cowboys are really good. They've had a weird year. They've had times where they looked unstoppable, and then they've had these games where like they couldn't score, and you can't understand why. I like that defense a lot, so I'm going with the Cowboys too. Last playoff game we'll hit is uh, Cardinals versus the Rams next week in L.A. Chucky, who you got? I think Kyle Murphy and the Cardinals. <laughs> Kyle Murphy <laughs> and the, the Fighting Irish. <laughs> <laughs> This is a game I would have loved to see on Sunday night football like two months ago. The Cardinals have peaked early, but the Rams were, were a pick for me who I, who I think it's not like they underachieved. They've had a great year. This probably is the dark horse game of the weekend where I think this might turn into a shootout uh, where, where other games yeah. might be a little bit closer. Is that that game's in Los Angeles or is it in? Yep. In LA. Okay. It's a tough game to pick. Anybody know the line? Anybody? Is there a line out That's for your it? job? Yeah. <laughs> well, shit. I got there probably the is game a, on my phone. Or I'd look it up. Um, there probably is a line out for it already, but I, think I it have might no be, idea. You know, like it, it might be a coin flip here. Not so much if Kyle Murphy has a great game, uh, <laughs> but if, if James Conner has a great game, this is a guy who has scored nothing but touchdowns all year long, but I still think I, I go Rams. I, I think that team has more talent uh, or they should at least have more talent unless uh, Stafford turns into a, a turnover machine as, as he could have been with the lions. But I think the Rams take, I, I think, yeah, man, that's a shit game to pick. I'm taking the Rams. <laughs> Well, I've been swayed. I'm taking the Rams. <laughs> you don't believe in uh, Kyle Murphy? 
I, I so it's like, uh, just so you know, it's it's yeah. Arizona minus three. I could be wrong here, but I feel like the Rams are going into this game healthier than the Cardinals. Is, is Hopkins coming back for the playoffs or is he done? I don't know. Don't know. Asking all the impossible questions. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know if he's coming back, even if he is. Let's let's say he is. He's not. Yeah, he hasn't played in weeks. Yeah. I, I feel like the the Cardinals high powered offense has been banged up. And I don't know that you're going to see that in this, this wild card game against the Rams, whereas the Rams offense is, is really intact. You know, they've got and cam acres. I forget about that too. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, but yeah. Cam acres is, cam acres is, is back probably, too, yeah. I think the Rams win this one at home. I think I agree with Chuck. I think that was a really good point. I think this would have been a really good game two months ago. <laughs> and now, eh, no. yeah, I don't know. I think the, the Rams probably put up four scores and win by a field goal. Well, it's interesting, man. I It feels like both of these teams are headed in the wrong direction. You know, the Rams couldn't put the 49ers away today in what was a really good game. Uh, I think you're starting to see the limitations of Matt Stafford. Yeah. The guy has no big game resume despite all of the numbers and all the years he's been in the league. It still seems really hard to pick the Cardinals, but I'll do it. You guys, Graham, I'm taking the Cardinals. You guys can have my three points. I don't think I trust Stafford as a quarterback, man. You know, turn the ball over to end the game against the 49ers today. I think I'm going with the Cardinals and that one. Now, before we started the show tonight, we drew names of everybody who's on the show from a hat because with the Browns out of the playoffs, I think we all need a new favorite team to follow for the playoffs. We have something to cheer for. So, we are going to have a new favorite team draft. We've got our order, and you're going to get your opportunity to pick what you, your favorite team is going to be for the rest of the playoffs. And it's going to get really good because Burke and Miller aren't here, so the three of us get to pick for them. <laughs> <laughs> In the selection process before the show, uh, Phil, you got the number one draft pick. So who is your new favorite team for the rest of the playoffs? Oh, God. I have to pick my favorite team. This is, this is just a team I'm going to pick the root for. Like it doesn't. Yeah. 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 Or All who right. you think is the best. So you can keep rooting for them. So they don't get eliminated. Like the Browns did, you know, any yeah. factor you want to use. There's no wrong answer. Well, I can think of one wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I can think of at least one. I think as the, for the first pick of my team, I'm going to root for in this playoff tournament, I'm going to go with, hmm, I'm, I'm torn between two AFC teams, uh, Buffalo and Tennessee. I'm going to go with Buffalo. We share uh, Lake Erie. I'm, I'm going with the bills and I feel like I can, yeah, I feel like I can actually get behind that team and root for them. I don't think they're going to go all the way to the Super Bowl, but that's my favorite team going into the playoffs. Chucky, you got the second pick in the draft. This is rougher because I am a Buccaneers fan. When the Browns left Cleveland, I adopted the Buccaneers as my favorite team because when I was a kid, I loved those Tropicana orange jerseys, even though yeah. everybody else thought they were terrible. And it just so happened the Buccaneers turned out to be really good in that time frame. Uh, but there's no Mike Allstott or Warwick Dunn or John Lynch or Warren Sapp or Keyshawn Johnson on this team. So yeah, it's just Tom fuck. Brady. Yeah, it's just Tom Brady. <laughs> this yeah, who's that guy? That um, He's no Brad but, Johnson. Yeah, good grief. <laughs> This is a, a wonderful idea that's perplexing me. Should I go with the Chiefs because that's who I picked to win the Super Bowl? If I know I leave the Packers out there, Gerber would take them. I'm going. I'm. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm. I'm going to go with them, even though I don't like them. I don't want to root for them. I just think uh, they gave me the best chance to to pound my chest in a few weeks and say, "Look at me, I did it." The next pick in the draft is Burke, who's not here, so we're going to pick for him. Steelers. And- 
Steelers, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, he needs the Steelers. So we're, we're unanimous. Tom's yep. favorite team yep. going forward is the Steelers. All right. Yep. Boy, that, that did not take any time. I appreciate there wasn't a moment's hesitation. All right, Miller has the fourth pick in the draft. Who are we giving to Miller? We got to give him someone from the NFC North because he, he the only time he was on, he gave us like the entire breakdown yeah. of that of yeah. that entire division, right? So let's give him. Oh God, there's only one team. No, we can't give him Green Bay. No. <laughs> the only team in no, the playoffs no. in the North. Yeah, no. Everyone else is eliminated. Yeah, he kind of looks like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's got like <laughs> yeah, he's had long hair. He's yeah. doing though, Curb. I thought Green Bay was your pick. I thought that's you. Yeah, they you are, but Green I mean, Bay. like it, it makes sense for. Do I you like, want to root for Green Bay in the playoffs, Gerbs? You should take Green Bay. That doesn't matter. Don't screw with the integrity of the draft. Uh, just screw with Tommy though. Again. Yeah, we just gave Pittsburgh <laughs> the Steelers. Well, we <laughs> all agreed though. Um, <laughs> Why don't we? We should give Miller the, the Bengals Chargers <laughs> slash yeah, the ba- or the Chargers slash uh, Raiders. You yeah, want to the give winner Miller of the tonight's ch- game? Give him the slash. <laughs> yeah, I, I will tell you that Miller and I had an absolutely crazy time once together in San Diego, um, and that's where well, the Chargers used to play. <laughs> there you go. All right, so Chargers yeah. and Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, if they wanted to make a pick, they'd be on the goddamn pod right now, right? <laughs> That's right. Well, I, I didn't right. tell them we were doing this, so they, oh. you know. <laughs> oh, well, still. All right, I will take the Packers since See? that was what was set up there. So yeah, I will take Green Bay as one of my two Super Bowl picks from the beginning of the year and as an, as the one seed, which sucks. It gives me nobody to root for next weekend. Moving on from the NFL playoffs, let's go quick through our final round of the college football pick 'em. Uh, Denko is firmly in the lead whenever they last played these games, but it's not done yet. Denko has nine points. I think the closest person is there are a couple of people tied at six. We're going to play with some odds this week so that there's a chance for anybody in the league to overtake Denko if they get all of these right. So first bet, will the team that scores first win the game? Yes or no? Yes is minus 190. So if you guess yes, you get one point. If you get if you guess no, you get two. Phil, I'm gonna go with no. Chuck, well, since I have to make up ground on Phil, I'm gonna go yes. We have four no's. Me, Denko, Miller, and Tammy all went no. Chucky and Burke all said yes for that one. Next one, the first turnover of the game will be an interception or a fumble. Interception is minus one seventy. So an interception gets you one point. A fumble gets you two. Chuck, I'm going to say fumble, both good defenses. So thank you. I'll go uh, fumble as well. Everybody is on fumble except for Miller and Tammy. They both went interception. More traditional bet. This one just for one point over under on the game is 51 and a half. Thank over Chuck. Shit. <laughs> what was the score of the, what was the score of the SEC championship game? They scored 66 points, I think, or 65 points under <laughs> I'm going under Yeah, making up ground, right? <laughs> Yeah, I have to. You, you may have taken over the lead at this point. <laughs> or I'm going to finish. And you're older than Phil. Dead last. <laughs> so we have a pretty even split on this. I went under, Chuck went under, Miller went under, Tammy went under, Burke and uh, Denko both on the over. Last one, winner of the game, Georgia minus three. Denko? Alabama. Chuck? Roll Tide. All right, we have one. Tommy Burke is the only one that thinks Georgia can win this game is all on the Bulldogs. I really think it's based a hundred percent on the fact that he hates Alabama (laughs) rather than him believing that Georgia can actually beat him. But fellas with that, we'll close out this segment. 
take our final break. We'll come back. We'll head off the field. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We'll head off the field and let's start a new music review segment. All ears. Music reviews from the land. (laughs) (laughs) On Friday, the weekend's new album, Dawn FM, was released. And some quick weekend background and stat line. This is an interesting guy who really did come out of nowhere when he started independently posting his songs on YouTube. And I think Drake found him and started promoting him a little bit. And that's when that's how he got big. Uh, really starts to hit hit it big in about 2015. He has won Juno Awards, which are the Canadian Music Awards, Grammys. And he was nominated for an Oscar for Earned It on the 50 Shades of Grey soundtrack. His song Blinding Light spent 35 weeks at number one on the Billboard charts and is also the longest charting song ever. It spent 88 straight weeks in the Billboard Top 100. Uh, The songs on Dawn FM have already been streamed more than 50 million times in three days. Uh, I know that we all listen to this album to get ready for tonight. Uh, And my first question, guys, is what type of music is this on Dawn FM? Is this hip hop? Is this techno? Is 80s video game a genre of music? <laughs> you're close. You're close. Yeah, That's you're exactly close. right. You're Chuck, close. you probably know better than me. Yeah, what, don't, would, don't what would think, you call uh, this? Pop, I would pop synth or whatever? It would be, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, if you're going to micro-categorize it, but I'm just going to say it's predominantly R&B uh, that leans a little pop. Phil, what would you, At least that's the way I would it? classify it. I like your bringing up the 80s video game music because I feel like, and, and I've been a Weekend fan through his prior albums as well i feel like the music makes me feel like i'm watching like a a scene from miami vice right and crockett and tubs there's like it's like You're, some sort of yeah. like you are like on like, my wavelength right man. right like it's like thing. when i, I listen to him like crockett man this is like a montage out. of crockett and tubs doing some shit on miami vice <laughs> and that's and i mean that in the best way possible like right. that's, that's why i like his music so maybe we should invent our own genre 80s arcade (laughs) yeah you know i i didn't pick up miami vice but i kept hearing like something out of like the remember the movie war games with matthew broderick like something like that like he's like a chase scene from like an 80s movie like that it's all all synthesizer stuff it's great it's like his entire album can be played on the guitar (laughs) it's fantastic (laughs) (laughs) man you just don't hear too many good albums on the guitar (laughs) (laughs) what do you think was the best guest appearance on the album uh jim carrey okay we're gonna get to that that's a whole (laughs) separate thing um i just meant on like the songs which song had the best guest appearance i still think jim carrey (laughs) (laughs) i I think uh so he had he had a at least two songs was juice world on one I can't remember. I think you have you have Little Wayne, Tyler Little the Wayne, Creator, Ta- Tyler yeah, Creator, and then on yeah. I'm not sure which song because I don't think it's credited at least on Spotify. But you have a former Beach Boy on one song. Um, oh, I didn't know that. I was just going his off daughter, of I believe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not sure what it was. So really, predominant features I think are just Little Wayne and uh, Tyler. I'll say this about the uh, the features: if it's Tyler the Creator and, and Little Wayne, I felt like 
it was too obvious that their parts of it. And I know this is what they do with all of these songs these days. It was too obvious that their parts of the song were just kind of recorded on their own and spliced in, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't a yeah. back and forth between the weekend and these guys or anything like that. Like they were in the studio at the same time, at least it didn't sound like it. So I'm sticking with Jim Carrey. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> no problem, man. <laughs> Chucky, how about you? I'm going to agree with Phil only because I don't think, Tyler, the creator, or Lil Wayne's verses were needed for this album. I don't think they enhanced those songs or the album at all. So I'm not really sure Jim Carrey did either, but I'm, I'm going to go with Jim Carrey. Well, I'm going to go with Tyler, the creator. He's on uh, Here We Go. I, I think that's the best song on the album. I really, really like that one. I'm not as in tune with, I don't know, hip hop or whatever this is post when we were in high school, basically. But um, because I got super excited the first time I heard Here We Go, because I thought it was Method Man. It's not. <laughs> it's not. No. It's a different no. guy, but still a really great song. I, I like his add to the album a whole bunch. I thought it was good. We've already hit on that several of the radio interludes in the show are actually Jim Carrey. Did either of you pick it up right away or did you have to like look at like the album notes or something like that to see that it was him i picked it up right away because oh, wow. his voice is, is is pretty distinguishable at least especially with that when he puts on the very soothing voice I was yeah like, oh shit is that fucking jim carrey uh, and it is so yeah I, I picked up on it uh I, I just didn't realize he'd be that predominantly featured on the album or as to why he's so predominantly featured other than apparently they're good friends <laughs> all right i, I had no idea yeah. Phil, what about yeah. you? Did you know it was him right away? Right away, I said to myself, that sounds like Jim Carrey. Is this someone doing an impersonation of Jim Carrey on the Weekends <laughs> album? I was really leaning towards Jim Carrey. And then I, I looked at the album and I saw that the last track is something called like, um, what was it? It was like Regrets by Jim or whatever, you know, something like yeah. that, right? Phantom Regret by Jim. I'm like, oh man, this must be Jim Carrey. So I looked it up and sure enough, it was. And you could tell, and this was after I only heard the first Jim Carrey introduction to the album i was already looking this up uh and then yeah as the album goes on it's clearly him and i, I really like the last track by the way that jim carrey poem is a highlight for yeah me. i didn't realize it was him i'm sure partly because i would have never thought in a million years that he would be voiceovering like a, a portion of the weekend's album but then yeah once you realize it's him you suddenly pick up like oh yeah oh shit this sounds exactly like him uh what did you think about what Jim Carrey was adding. When I listen to albums, I listen to them a bunch of times. I think we talked about this in the past. I listen to them beginning to end uh, on purpose because I feel like the artist is trying to tell me something, right? What I did after, I, when I was listening to it the first time, I, I read reports about the album from the artist, like his explanation of what he was trying to do with this. So I have all this crazy background information about what this album meant to the weekend, right? Like what he was trying to say. I feel what Jim Carrey added to it was he he's your guide He's your soothing guide, as you guys mentioned, right? On this FM channel, as you're stuck in some sort of purgatory-like existence, waiting for the afterlife. And Jim Carrey is there to ease you into the afterlife, which is awesome. Sign me up for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting, man. Yeah. What do you think, Chuck? What do you think about Jim Carrey's parts? The same as Phil. I always think Jim Carrey is far more entertaining when he's more subdued Jim Carrey, uh, whether it's on screen or even now on this album where he is that, and not that it wasn't a little existential uh, in some of the shit he was saying. And I'd really be interested. I don't know if Phil researched it enough, but I want to know if he wrote all that stuff because it, yeah, he's the kind of guy who would write all that stuff. I'm like, I'm trying to think like this, this, this might be Jim Carrey's best performance since like the late nineties or early two thousands. Uh, no matter <laughs> if it's on film or, or since on the mask. 
Yes, basically. I liked it because there was a central theme to this album. And it's something we've talked about on this podcast that there aren't really albums anymore. And to me, this, this is an album. It is a complete album from start to finish. It has an open middle and an end credit. Uh, and I'm glad he was kind of the guide for it because his texture is so different from anything other than Quincy Jones on it. His, his yeah. texture is a little different than everybody else's. I listened to it a few times and I listened to it more out of sequence. And my favorite part of him on the album is when he says, bang a gong, get it on. And I'm like, yes, yeah. yeah. he says it yeah. the coolest thing i've heard in a long time yeah what he is referencing and where he is getting those parts is from a course in miracles if you've ever heard of that book before that's where the theory behind what he's saying comes from and he's a really spiritual guy he is he, he's out there a little bit in his beliefs he puts them down very eloquently i have i have never finished reading a course in miracles i mean it's it's like reading the bible it's a huge thing um, but I've read a ton of it and know where he's coming from when when he says these things. And I think it fits nicely into the bigger picture of the album, I think. And I agree with you guys 100 percent that this is a, this is a story from beginning to end. So, Shucky, what's the story that the weekend's telling? <laughs> I look at it from two different perspectives because there aren't many real artists left. Arguably, people will say Lady Gaga is a real artist and they're probably right. But The weekend is a little more theatrical than almost anybody out there right now. You, you see the album cover uh, and he's, he's an old man in it, which speaks to me because we're becoming older men. I think to me, this album is a transition for him artistically. You might see him leave behind what he's normally used to doing, and that is basically an 80s sounding album uh, most of his stuff is rooted in the 80s it's heavy synth like we've talked about so i'm interested to see where the where the transition goes but listening to this album there's a lot of really good songs on here uh and i don't i don't think they have to be successful either stream and they will be or, or on radio and they will be it's just nice to see that somebody who is uh, a, a top streamed artist year in year out has artistically put together a top to bottom album uh, that flows. There is no stop or no stop and start in this album. If, if you're listening to it, even if you're streaming it on Spotify, one song builds into the next. Yep. And, and that's something I'm trying to think, like, when's the last time I heard somebody do that in this genre, not, not rock, not in the, you know, like in this genre in an R and B pop genre where cohesively there's a theme throughout it and it gets stronger and better with more listen. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised because I thought there would be, you know, like some filler on here, but there are some weak songs to me, but overall it, it excites me to see this guy who does stuff prosthetically with his face on the last album and then does it again for this one. Now he's just some old dude. Oh so man, I, I was I so happy because... to learn that what he had done to his face for the last album wasn't real. Yeah. I thought that it was. <laughs> yeah, right. And so I was no. doing research for this this week. I'm like, oh, yeah. thank God, man. He didn't actually do that to sure. himself. That's wonderful. Yeah. I assume this sets up some sort of rebirth for him. You know, like if this album's theme is the end in purgatory or a transition or a dawn, I think whatever the next thing coming, uh, if we're there for it in two to three years, would probably be even a little more exciting. But for somebody in, in our age demo, this is probably my favorite album of his, at least quickly listening to it and trying to compare it to the 10 or 12 before it to be <laughs> so what do you think what's the story or the theme or what do you think he's trying to say on the surface the theme is transitioning to the afterlife um absolutely you you, you hear that from the beginning to the end of the of the album but to Chuck's point, as you dig deeper, I, I think he's exactly right. Like, I think this is all about transition. Like something is being laid to rest here 
in the weekend and his creative process or his, what he's going to bring forward next. And we're transitioning into something beyond the dawn. What's next? What is the afterlife for him as an artist? I, I don't know. I'm pretty excited to see what that is. When I listen to the weekend, I can't help but there's some songs where I think maybe his his voice combined with the 80s theme is like today's Michael Jackson, right? Like they're just that kind of, all right, a very unique voice when he's singing. But I think the story here is all about transition, whether it be something you're looking forward to and celebrating, or maybe it's bleak because there's parts of this album that it's like, man, like this is a very bleak yeah. existence right now right yeah. like this is what he's talking about there's oh, this the, bleak... the quincy jones thing is oh my gosh heartbreaking right. man yeah, that yeah. was brutal so, yeah. the yeah. quincy jones track the um and then there's a couple tracks too where it's you can just kind of feel like the light at the end of the tunnel is there but we're not there yet like we're getting there and we're gonna just wait i love it man like i i, I agree with you guys i feel like the, the start to finish the fact that he's telling a story i listened to it four times and i think it got better every time i listened to it yeah it does. I think that the the notion that you've hit on a couple times about purgatory is where the music is. It's where like the songs are that he's singing on. He is talking about these really tough songs about relationships, things that have gone wrong, like this this clutter of fame and social media and how he's like trapped in it somehow and these difficult things that uh, make life unhappy and make life hard. That's the purgatory. I see this as he's got all of those pieces in and Jim Carrey is talking about this like spiritual growth and like the central theme of A Course in Miracles is always going to be when you accept your actual worth as a being, you will see the kind of power you have to find like your happiness and your peace. Um, that what really holds us back from being happy and being at peace is a lack of deserving. And a feeling inside of ourselves that is born of something from eons ago that takes away that deserving from us or makes us feel like we don't deserve, makes us feel like we have to suffer in this life to have happiness some other time. So I really think he is on this journey to find that self-worth and that deserving in himself. And his songs are about where he's struggling. And Jim Carrey's the guide, man. It's if you follow the Jim Carrey parts, you get out of the stuff that's so painful in all the songs. It's a pretty cool setup, man. I really enjoyed kind of like digging in and trying to figure out what he was trying to say because it was like so clear that he was trying to say something. So overall, rated on the bourbon scale, one to five. <laughs> Bill? I think by tomorrow, if I listen to it a fifth time, I'll put it even higher on the bourbon scale. But for now, since I listened to it four times, I'm going to give it a four. <laughs> I think it's really good. Every track isn't a hit, but that's not what this is all about, right? Like this is, it's his story. It's his piece of art and there's really good songs on it. Don't get me wrong. And it's, and it's um, old school a little bit. It's 16 yeah. tracks. That's a lot of it's tracks an, on an, an album hour. for today. You we know? don't get yeah. that much anymore. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. like 52 minutes long. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's a good album. So I'm going to give it a four out of five. Chucky. I'm the same way. I'm, I'm around a four because it's an album and I'm, I've been craving an album for a while from a major artist that wasn't poppy or bubble gummy and this isn't that at all and not to say it's not accessible it is uh, but the thing i like about it a lot is that it's an 80s record and i was very nervous 
when that first song started and I heard his fake British accent and I went, what, what are you doing? You know, like, like, but, but then I'm like, I'm gonna do some obscure, obscure references here. It sounded Roxy music to me uh, when, when he sang like that. And then in the next song where he's in a register that he doesn't normally sing in, in that falsetto, he sings in, but he's even above that falsetto and that work. Phil mentioned Michael Jackson. There's a part there where I thought, Oh, th this is what he's doing, but it's not. I hear Janet Jackson, and here's mm. why I oh, hear that's it. Interesting. Oh, yeah, that's when good. she yeah. transitioned, where where she transitioned from like control to the album after to Rhythm Nation. Yeah, you're. St I'm hearing those melodies. It's it's. I always love when I hear an album that's new and it sounds familiar. And a lot of his melodies sound familiar because they're rooted in '80s R&B. So I hear Janet Jackson. This is obscure. I hear DeBarge on Out of Time. Uh, wow. All right. If you, if, yeah. Yeah, if you listen to, to Here We Go Again, I hear Janet Jackson. That song sounds like it was on either Janet or Control, somewhere in the middle of that. Take My Breath is the, the single. Yeah. And it stands alone really well. But in the context of the album where it builds to it, it's phenomenal. But what I hear that in Phil said Michael Jackson, to me, that track is off the wall. That's where that that's a Absolutely. disco song. When disco was starting to transition into into R and B, it's a disco drum beat, and I'm like, God bless, man. And again, I'm getting even more obscure. Donna Summer would kill that song. That is a disco <laughs> song that I could hear her wow. singing it. All right, but but to me, but to me, when when I'm looking down the track list and I see less than zero coming up, and I'm like, I'm hoping this is a cover. I'm hoping this is Elvis Costello, but it wasn't, it wasn't and that's okay man. because to me, that's the strongest song on the album commercially that yeah. song is going to be a monster hit that yeah. song is going to be played at weddings and it proms all year long yeah he, he stayed super artistic to himself and to his vision for what this album should be but it's also accessible so i appreciate the onion that i can peel the layers off and go oh shit man i hear janet jackson right there i hear debarge right there uh, so for me it's it's a four that leans towards four and a half because I, I don't know if there is a perfect album that might be really rough and that might be a scale for another time if we're, if we're really drinking <laughs> bourbon but, but as for right now this early in 2022 i'm expecting an album this good to come out wow and is, was the song that less than zero was the one that you were saying was going to be the hit yeah yeah um yeah. that was it was between that and here we go were my two favorite songs on the album yeah. i like both of those a lot i'm going to give it a 3.5 uh, i think it's really creative it's interesting i like the way it was structured i love the jim carrey parts this is just not music that's in my wheelhouse uh, you know what I, it's just not something i'm gonna keep listening to after tonight you know i don't think i'll listen to the full album all the way through again it was really good man it entertained me for the the weekend as i kept uh, as i kept <laughs> listening to it over the last couple of days and i enjoyed it man and i like i like when people make albums uh and so i think that um this is a good one Check it out. Dawn FM. You're going to have a good time with it. Uh, for the final time, fellas, we got to talk about the worst fantasy league ever. We got to have our closing ceremonies. Bonhard beat Burke in the championship game. Bonhard is the first worst fantasy league ever champion. What do we give him for winning? Any ideas? <laughs> Orange slices? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to make a like trophy or something? Ones, Not like <laughs> yeah, real orange slices, like, like the old school candy orange. Ooh, slices. get some Circus gummies peanuts? from Michigan. Send them to Bonhard. Make them oh, orange yeah, slice shaped gummies. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. All right, I can figure that out. Yeah, I can figure that out. Uh, Joe Vaca wins for being the worst. What should we? What should we get him? <laughs> I feel like I'm there should be a trophy for last card because I tried and still almost lost. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I can. I can find one. 
I can I can hit up like a Salvation Army and see if there's an old trophy somewhere for him. Excellent. Chuck on it. Take care of that form. Get that in the mail to Joe. Boys, we're out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning that tennis pro Novak Djokovic has now been detained in Australia more times than me. Well, that news about my good behavior. I hope you guys have a great week. Let's get together and do this again real soon. Absolutely. I'm your host, Jason Gerber. And this week, that was my voice cracking. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You don't, but you're like, when was the last time you looked at what you got in like, you know, junior year? I took it to mean like in the moment, what the grades like. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about today. Now talking about today. I got to live now. Either way. Do you want me to redo it? (laughs) No, no. I can leave you in again, Chuck. I'm good. Now, this is where it's going to get interesting for recording purposes. Bills versus the Chargers. Chucky, who you got? Uh, both teams are beatable. Um, it seems like Josh Allen hasn't been all that great the past few weeks, but uh, playing at home, that that crowd is always nuts. Um, and their running back, is it Singletary, I believe, maybe, uh, has come on in the past couple of weeks where he was non-existent in a non-factor for like yeah. two months of the season. Yeah. Uh, they didn't run really at all well. for two yeah, months yeah. At, at all. I mean, Josh Allen was their running back basically. So, yeah. you know, I, I think Gerbs, you pick them to go pretty deep and I think you're right. Um, I, I think they handle business no matter who they're playing next week. Phil bills versus chargers. That's in Buffalo. Uh, I do not like the LA chargers coming East to a winter wonderland that Buffalo yeah. will be assured to be next weekend. So yeah, I think the bills win it against the chargers. I mean, weather could play a factor of course, but I, I think the bills are, you know, they won the division. Uh, they've had a, an interesting season. Um, they, they looked really beatable to Chuck's point for a big chunk of the season. Yeah. And and they've been turning it around here, maybe at the right time for them. So I think Buffalo takes that game. Yeah. I'm going to stick with the bills too. Uh, I think playing at home, always an advantage in the playoffs and uh, that's a pretty tough place to go into and try to win. So I'm going with the bills. <laughs> I'll just say ditto. <laughs> no, you can't. Cause I'm going <laughs> to, what I want to do is I'm going to cut. I, I, out no, I understand game. what you're doing. I'm yeah. just busting your balls, man. Um, no, Chuck, uh, bills bills versus Raiders. Who you got? And Mike mentioned uh, my Jesus. Uh, Phil mentioned. You know, one thing I realized as I was at the gym this morning, um, and I always listen to the show on Sunday morning from the previous week, um, I got to re-record all the fucking commercials. I was thinking the same thing (laughs) as I re-listened to the show. I'm like, oh, as unprofessional, unprepared in every one of the commercials. (laughs) You should just just record the new name and just like edit it over. Yeah, maybe I can do that. I got to let the dog out. I'm sorry. That's one second. No problem, man. So we're going to do something right now. It's going to be used later in the show, but oftentimes Uh, I get accused of some sort of dishonesty or cheating. Um, Oh, so (laughs) it's usually by Burke, (laughs) but sometimes by, other people. So 
I, I have Tammy here and I've got five pieces of paper with mm-hmm. the names of everybody who appears on this show. I've got my NDCL Lions 1995 varsity look at, hat. Look at that. I'll drink to that. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> hey. I'm going to mix these up and Tammy is going to pull. Whoops. One of them popped out. That's cheating. Um, <laughs> Tammy's going to pull these out one at a time. It's going to set an order for us. So go ahead. Okay. First one. First one. Hi, Tammy. Phil Danko. What I win. Hi, Hi Tammy. <laughs> Hi, Tammy. You'll see. We're going to get to it. Number two. All right. Number two, Chuck Rambaldo. Hey, yes. I feel like this the fix is in already. I know. <laughs> I'm just happy I'm number two. Next. <laughs> Iceman. Who does number two work for? <laughs> yeah. I'm the, I'm the, <laughs> of course, I'm number two. All right. Four is Miller, and that means that I am five. And I wrote me on the piece of paper because I knew who I was talking about. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, kisses. Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's about to go down. It's not. This, this she's going to be sound really asleep. crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's making out in it and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. This is a uh, <laughs> not safe for work podcast right. now. <laughs> uh, if I would have knew it was going to be that kind of party. Yeah, I would have stuck my dick in the mashed potatoes. not watch any of that i did watch the new matrix movie last night though any good i haven't got to it yet um i liked it okay um yeah i i liked it i thought uh, well i can't i I don't think i can ruin it for you guys because it's the matrix like i don't understand what i saw (laughs) 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 it was it was entertaining um i will tell you like neil patrick harris's character in it is really good um at first I thought it was awful. And then it, his character grows on you uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, but, but Keanu Reeves, when I'm watching this movie last night and it's a long movie, it's like two and a half hours long. So I, I think I watched the last half hour this morning. Cause I passed out watching it last night, but um, Keanu Reeves basically is John is John wick as Neo. It's, it's, okay. <laughs> it's like what what has happened in this movie? That's strange because I thought in John Wick he was John Wick as Neo. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I think it's just Keanu. Like yeah, that's just yeah, him. So and he's like, I don't want to shave or cut my hair. Hair. So can we just work that into the character? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this. The college football season is still going. <laughs> tomorrow, isn't there's a championship tomorrow? game tomorrow night? Right. Yeah. yeah it's tomorrow. Um. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but uh, I think the way the season ended, I think the Browns actually ended up in third place, not last place in our division. Right. We're we're tied with Baltimore, but I think we, we have the better division record. Right. Hey, so not last place. place. Not last. Yeah. So we don't, we get, uh, I saw like the breakdown next year too. So we, by finishing in third place, um, we get the it's, AFC third place teams, right? You get like Denver. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. Miami. The fourth place team gets Denver, Jacksonville, and like another shit. Bag and the Jets. Team. The Jets. The, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That, that would have been great. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. We get we get Miami, Houston, the loser of tonight's game, the Raiders or the 
Chargers. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Fuck. I hate Steph Curry so much. Yeah. He says like 10 he's so good. Already. He's so see, good. I, I see. I, I, I hate him a lot more than I hate clay. Like I hate I Draymond and I hate all of them. And, and is Andre. Who's Iguodala the guy still there? Yeah. Iguodala is the dude that I really hate. <laughs> I hate him. Yeah. Oh man. I hate Andrew Wiggins. He's there. Oh boy, the Raiders. um, Yeah, this is is a pretty good game. Um, We we started season three of Succession. I don't know if you got to watch any of those. Yeah. Oh, I've watched on HBO. Yeah. It's a really well written show. um, Yeah. But I think we're three or four episodes into it. Yeah. And I I, I really enjoy it mostly because they say cunt as much as we do on (laughs) the show. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of cunts on the show. Not shy. It's just just really well. Right. Like it's a it's a wonderful look at uber rich and yeah, uh, especially the yeah. kids who haven't done anything to earn it. And it is the um, empty dialogue. Of it. It's a it's funny really well show done. because like we all know that like the Sopranos and Breaking Bad were these shows where you were somehow rooting for the main character, even though he was like a bad guy. Um, no. There is not a single redeemable no. character in succession <laughs> every yeah, right. single every That's single person on that show yeah, is just absolutely garbage. right yeah they're horrible yeah. people yeah. <laughs> but you yeah. can't uh um i don't feel have you watched any of that i i started the first season because i what well, they're on their third one they just released their yeah. third one right yep so yep. it keeps coming up on my hbo like well all right, all right. yeah so i get I'm, into I'm that only yeah. a couple episodes into it um I'll have to pick that back up because I did like it. I I I, w- I could tell like right from yeah. the beginning. I'm like, all right, this yeah. is a good show. Did, yeah. Did any of you take me up on New Girl yet and start it? Yes. No. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. So you, that's Chuck. You, Gerb, uh, you it's, it's me, good. Gerb, what? Yeah. Yeah. So new, and it only it only gets better. So we've I think we're it, already like, it, through like um I think we watched the entire first season. And it's something because there's like yeah. this is back when they used to make like 25 episodes of a show. Yeah, the 20 some episodes. Yeah. Yes, it's so much. <laughs> um, but you're right, it's perfect. It's like um like really light um 23 yeah. and a half minute episodes or something like that. Like you watch it and it's yep. still the same time perfect. as when you started watching it. Uh, that's the show, yeah. it's it's Zoe Deschanel, right? Like yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah really easy to watch yeah. just a good time and um right. yeah i think it's too. hilarious though good. that there was like um there was like a black character in the first episode and then a different black character in the second episode and they never explained like what ha- they're roommates yeah they never explained what happened to the first guy they do and they, it they came, do. his so name like came the, up I, like once in the second like uh end of the first season or something like yeah. that all right, so they're going to explain it. All right, because we, right. we, so, we've so been asking ourselves. <laughs> they do because I think, yeah, I think what happened in real life is that that's Damon Wayans' kid is yep. in the pilot is coach. Yeah, and then he disappears, and then there's yeah. Winnie uh, Winnie the Bish, who becomes one of my favorite characters. <laughs> but they do a. I, I think what happened was like Damon Wayans did that pilot or whatever his name is. Wayans did the pilot and then got offered something else and took that. And then that show kind of only lasted. So he reappears on the show and they do a nicer job of explaining why. Uh, Oh, that's good. It's not central to anything, but they're they both kind of both the the black guys that coexist on the show, which is funny. Um, And then I think he disappears again at some point. Coach disappears again after. That's hilarious. I think the second or third season. 
I think the, I think the gist of it was that she was saying that his tenure here is, is basically over um, that. Well, they that's what can't, yeah. can't reconcile that. He's seeking a trade, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then Baker respond. And that's, I guess there's, there's a reason I love him and this ain't one of them. Uh, right. Like if you're yeah. an NFL quarterback, just don't respond. You don't tweet. Right? Don't respond yeah. to that yeah. bullshit, but he yeah. did. But my favorite part was all the other former Browns quarterbacks yep. who agreed with his tweet. Derek they, Anderson, Brandon Whedon, yeah, they Derek, all got Brandon on Twitter Whedon. and were like, you know, Deshaun Kaiser did yeah, exactly. Oh, nice. <laughs> like, it was the whole Where'd they find him. <laughs> uh, right. It's just like a wonderful history lesson of all these shitty quarterbacks who oh, basically blame the media. But I understood somewhat of, of Baker's point. It wasn't it wasn't beautifully written. It's just like uh, you're clickbait and I'm not going to be this or that. And um, and I thought about it. And I was like, there's there's a reason why, like, we all kind of say, man, I don't I don't really like Tony Grossi and I don't really like Mary Kay Cabot and I don't really like um, Terry Pluto like they're it's I think the years of them getting beat down makes them right in a very negative way sometimes. And I'm not yeah. saying like, it should be like, like whoever the minister of defense was in Iraq where everything's yeah. fine. Or whatever that guy said when, when the country was, that, that's, what, that's not what I'm saying. Oh boy, we haven't hit that in a long time. Like, yeah. Uh, but I, I appreciated, you know, like that he already had his exit interview. Uh, I appreciated too the fact that he was on the sideline because he didn't yep. need to be today. Yep. Like, they're, they're, yep. He didn't need to be there. He could have went so, out and got it, you know, like prepared another, for surgery or whatever. Another local media piece of bullshit that was yeah. kind of propagated ahead of the game today was that Baker was not going to be on the sideline because fearing booze. Like what? Like wow, who? that's just like not, what? That's not that guy. That's no, not who Baker never. is. For yeah. all the stuff like, you like and don't like about him, like it. Yeah. Like. That's the dude that planted the flag in the middle exactly. of the field at Ohio exactly. Stadium, man. Like that's he's a motherfucker. He doesn't care what so, people around him are saying. He was out there in uh What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like the clown? Here to amuse you?